Hello, and welcome to the R2DP Road to Discovery podcast, ending the stigma of weight loss surgery with Steph, aka Bariatric Warrior, Bex, aka Becoming Bex, Nicole, aka Spooky BSG Barbie, and Cass, aka Queen Sparkle We are here to talk about everything weight loss surgery related, the good, the bad, and the ugly to end the stigma. So come join us on this road to discovery. Hello, we are back. And we have a special guest here. Would you like to introduce yourself? Okay. (laughs) Um, I am Kaylee and... uh... I am here to talk about, I guess, I don't know, be a part of this conversation. Um, I will be coming at it from like a different perspective, I think, which should be hopefully useful, but um, I'm just excited to be here and to be a part of this um, conversation we're going to have. And your Instagram? My Instagram is your spiritual GPS. Cool. Yes. (laughs) And um, we do not have Cass here with us. She is taking some time, and we miss her very much. Um, but yes. we love you. Love you. Um, but on this episode, we are going to be trigger warning, talking about um, body distort distortion, uh, body image distortion, disordered body image, if you'd like to call it. Um, obviously in the bariatric community, the weight loss surgery community, many people call it body dysmorphia. Um, but we kind of want to make a statement that body dysmorphia is actually a mental illness. It has to be clinically diagnosed by a medical provider. Um, you may feel body dysmorphia. Um, but it will not mean that you're necessarily clinically diagnosed with that unless you have seen a medical professional. Um, So I just wanted to make that statement here. We are not medical providers, um, but we do all go through and experience such feelings, Um, and we actually do have someone here in our podcast who is clinically diagnosed um, and so you'll get to hear that side as well. Anyone else want to add anything? Um, I know, uh, you know, kind of like this fine line that we're treading and we hope that by listening to this episode, uh, if maybe you are experiencing, uh, some of these, uh, thoughts and feelings, uh, that you go to your own, um, medical professional and health provider and uh, get diagnosed if needed or uh, we hope that it gives you a little confidence to go do that if you feel that you may have it body dysmorphia yep absolutely yes oh man (laughs) great agreed (laughs) unanimous if you are feeling it go see somebody yes for sure for show. <laughs> Who would like to start? Do we want to start with a 
perspective of someone who has not had weight loss surgery but is on their own health journey because obviously these are things that people experience even if they haven't had surgery. Whether they have lost a bunch of weight um, naturally or by any means and, you know, possibly gained it back and then lost it again, you know, or just dealt with generalized body image things. Or do you want to talk about specifically weight loss surgery related first? Um, I think it would be interesting to hear that perspective and then diving into the weight loss surgery uh, side of things after. Yeah, seeing, especially being able to see how it differs from our experiences as weight loss surgery patients. Okay. Right. Well, Kaylee. I guess guess I'm up then. Um, so yeah, I, um, if you'll indulge me for just a moment, let me backtrack a couple years to like when my health and wellness journey really started. Um, and it's interesting because when I've told my story before in various ways, um, there's a very specific, uh, phenomenon that I think that I experienced, um, and do now again because of various things, but Um, when I was at my heaviest, um, and realized like, I need to get my shit together. I am definitely not getting any younger. Um, I feel like crap all the time. I'm exhausted, whatever. Um, and I, I realized, um, once I became actually aware (laughs) of myself, um, and stopped, uh, ignoring what was very obvious. I realized that like, when I would look at myself in the mirror, um, I would focus on the things that I liked about myself, which were very few things. So I would look at my hair because I was like, eh, it's fine. And just want to make sure it looks okay before I leave the house. I would look at like my eyes and like my makeup because that was a thing that I would spend a lot of time on. Um, and then I would kind of just like very quickly glance over every other part of me that I could see in the mirror. And it was like, um, it was like my brain was filtering what I could see in my reflection, um, to not, um, like make me feel like shit basically before I left the house, right. To keep me like, as like feeling good as I could. Um, I would really literally like, and it's so hard to explain the sensation, but quite literally all that I could actually see in the mirror were the things that I wanted to focus on, which were, yeah, basically like chin up essentially. Um, lips up because my chin was not have I wasn't good with that either but um uh, and then everything else was just like a blur like if I look back on those times and those experiences it was like everything else was blurred out or grayed out or blacked out even so um I think many of us can relate to that part of things especially at our heaviest absolutely yeah yeah and it was just interesting because I would I would be in you know a room with people or whatever and I would either make sure I could stand up um to like keep everything like sucked in and as tight as possible um or if I had to sit somewhere I made sure that I either had like a pillow that I could put in front of me or something like that and it's like (laughs) again in my head I was thinking cool I'm like I'm covering up the parts of me that I don't like so no one's gonna see it no one's gonna realize Mm -hmm. exactly yes no one's gonna see it no one's gonna realize no one's gonna notice that I'm fat or whatever um and it's like Kaylee seriously get 
get real. It's very clearly obvious you're overweight. Like you can do whatever you want to. You're not fooling anybody. Um, and so I decided We're our own brains. Yeah. That's what it is. Totally. And I decided like this, I can't do this anymore. So I, um, started uh, a specific kind of nutrition plan um, and working out and, um, like protein shakes, like a whole, the whole nine yards and got, I lost about 60 pounds, um, in a year, I would say. Um, and then the weight loss started to slow down. Um, and then I was hit with, uh, all sorts of new anxieties. I didn't know that I ever had, um, which, um, stemmed from like some, uh, either, I don't know, indigestion kind of stuff, but basically realized, huh, I don't like it when I feel nauseous. That's going to make me feel anxious, which then makes me feel more nauseous. And then I just want to like go crawl up in a hole. So mm-hmm. my journey kind of stopped for a while and, uh, I've gained almost all that weight back, which is super fun, super fun feeling. Um, and so I have noticed that I've started to filter out what I see in the mirror again, but it's like, I'm aware of it now. So I'm like, is that I feel like that's probably a good thing that I'm aware of it now versus when I wasn't because I can make some changes and things like that. But um, it's just it's such a fascinating experience to just truly like <laughs> not see certain things when it's like I'm literally staring at myself full body in the mirror and it's like nope I just I block out I block mm-hmm. things out. It's just that's it's, really it's like uh. I mean, I'm kind of complete opposite where I see everything negative and you see all the, what you consider the parts. Yeah. And it's like, I can acknowledge the parts that I don't love about myself, but like, I, I, yeah, it's like literally like your brain, it's, it's, it's part of how our brains work, right? They, they try to protect us in whatever possible way they can. And sometimes, sometimes those are really negative ways. (laughs) And sometimes they're, they're positive in the sense that your brain is saying, I can't handle this. So we are going to only focus on the positive. Yes. And I love that you're saying, like you were saying, like now I can see it. Yeah. And I feel like that's been a lot of similar journey for us probably with the weight loss surgery is now we're on the other side of it. We're able to say, I see, I see how I lied to myself. I see how I tricked myself. I see how I, uh, how I was able to like survive, mm-hmm. you know, and now we're, now we're on the other side of it and being able to say, mm, we can see that now. And then we can start to recognize when those patterns are repeating and you're in a similar situation of like you can recognize when that pattern's repeating and you can be like mm, is this helpful or is this hurtful yes how can i change it yep. yep right absolutely absolutely and that's that's literally like that's what's so fascinating to me about doing and helping people through nlp is like again just like you said like your brains are there to protect you those parts of your psyche are there to protect you. And they do that in various ways that are sometimes helpful and sometimes very detrimental ultimately. But at the end of the day, you're again, those parts of you like have only positive intentions and that is to keep you safe and And alive. Yeah. And alive. And literally those parts of you that are like 
freaking out and stopping you from doing whatever you want to do or making you feel like shitty for trying to do something that's like, you know, you're going to fail at this, so don't do it. It's because they believe that if you truly fail, you will die and they they will have failed. And so it's like those parts of you that want to keep you safe, again, from in whatever mode that they do, they don't realize that what they're actually doing is like the complete opposite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It actually makes you feel very unsafe. Could you actually explain NLP a little bit and what you it for the listeners because I actually didn't even know what that was until you explained it to myself. Yeah, yeah. So NLP is short for neuro linguistic programming, and basically, um, it is a uh, modality that um, basically connects you to. So a perfect example for me is um, I had a part of me that well, I actually have many parts of me that. Um, like things have to be perfect. Otherwise I'm just not going to do them because they're not perfect. They're not right. So I'm going to be humiliated or I'm going to fail or whatever the case may be. Well, I'm not necessarily like, I don't have to identify as a perfectionist. I have parts of me that have perfectionist tendencies and create this like spiral. And so if I can, as a, as a person wanting to shift these patterns, so it's about shifting patterns of behavior and shifting, um, beliefs that you have about yourself. And, um, so if you want to shift that belief that you hold about yourself, that you are, you know, again, that unless you do something exactly perfectly, it's gonna, you're gonna fail at that. So why even try? Why bother? Um, if you want to shift that and be able to actually, I don't know, achieve a thing that you want to achieve or do something simple, um, when you're, when you're in a session doing NLP, the way that I like to do it is you, you, you don't have to humanize maybe isn't the best word, but you create a visualization of that part of you. So like you start with how does it make, you know, how does that part make you feel? What does that part look like? Is it a masculine or a feminine energy about it? Like really start to flesh out this, this part of your psyche that creates a behavior that you don't want anymore so that you can actually remain detached a bit from that behavior and create an opportunity a communication really with that part of you within this session so it's almost like mm, not hypnosis like you're under like you're being hypnotized and you don't know what's happening but like you have this very clear visualization in your head um and you're able to talk with that part and really figure out like what is that positive intent and when you figure out why that part is doing what it's doing because it has a positive intent it also helps you to feel like less angry or less frustrated or less upset about this behavior that you feel is holding you back um and it allows you to like forgive that part of you and in forgiveness you get to then shift you get to provide a new job for that part you get to say like oh my gosh you are working your ass off to protect me in this area what if you could put all of that effort and all of that love into doing it this way that's actually gonna like do what I need you to do for me. And so you essentially like, again, you have this like conversation in your head and with this part of you and you're able to like provide this new job for this part to do um, that's actually going to serve you. Mm -hmm. Because like in the beginning of this journey, at least for me, I always looked in the mirror and I was like, I hate my body. I hate my body. And then I started being like, 
I wouldn't tell my best friend I hate them or a person, even a random person on the street, like, I hate you, you're fucking ugly. I'm like, treat so them. why are you saying it to yourself? Yeah. Exactly. And then, so I kind of humanized my body and I was like, hey, body, thank you for picking me up every day and like holding me up. Like, yeah. I appreciate you. And then the, this appreciation for my body instead of like, a hatred yes you i'm i'm so proud of you that took me six fucking years of therapy to get there (laughs) like so many years of therapy but like this is exactly what happened for me i and i didn't know it was called nlp which is hilarious that tells you how long i've been out of the uh (laughs) mental health you know well um but i basically did the same thing it's we called it changing the narrative Mm-hmm. And it's, it, you're changing the way that you speak to yourself and the way you think of yourself. And I was able to like, through therapy, probably TMI, identify four-year-old me when I was abused as a small child, yeah. trigger warning. Um, <laughs> like how I say trigger warning after I. <laughs> hey, I said trigger warning in the beginning. It's the good. Beginning. Okay, yes. there you go. So I was able to identify that I was like horribly angry at four-year-old me. Yeah. Like so mad. The four-year-old me couldn't fucking protect her own body from somebody else violating it. And it took me until my 30s to go, hold the fuck on. I know four-year-olds. They don't know shit. Are you kidding me? A four-year-old can't protect their own body. They don't know what's going on. They have no control. Nobody taught me bodily autonomy. Nobody taught me to say no. That was not a thing in in the early 90s and in late 80s. That was like, nah, you didn't do that. And it took me separating myself and using that same thing, Nicole, and saying, would I, would I really look at a four-year-old child, whether it's me or not, and say, I fucking hate you and you're a piece of shit and I hate your body? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And so then that allowed me to take that moment and say, are you like, no, I love you. I love you. I would never, ever say horrible, awful things. And yet I would look in the mirror and say those things to myself a million times a day. And it created so much awful self-hatred and self-mutilation and self-destruction and addiction and like just horrible, horrible situations for myself and my body. But as soon as I flipped that narrative and realized that I was punishing a four-year-old version of me that had no control, it let it go. It it was like a fucking weight off my shoulders. I realized I, and then I started doing what you said, Nicole, too. And like my, my therapist, this is again, six years of therapy to get there. You got there on your own. (laughs) Started like. Like standing in the mirror and instead of like saying hateful things, I would be like, I don't need to flip the switch in two seconds. I don't need to go from hating myself to loving myself. Right. I just need to stop the hate. So I would like, and I also would never, ever touch my body. I don't know if that's, was ever a thing for anybody when they were at their biggest. Like I would never touch my body. So I started like touching my stomach. Wow. (laughs) And saying 
thank you for existing today. Thank you for waking me up today, body. Mm -hmm. Thank you, stomach, for digesting my food as energy today. You know, like, I was trying to keep it, like, body neutral, not necessarily, like, super positive. And that, and I, I think, I don't know if we've talked about neural pathways yet, but that completely started me down a different neural pathway. And I started creating a whole different set of neural pathways for myself that weren't all horrible and negative. And I like that you used the term body neutrality over body positivity. You don't have to be body positive. No, I'm there now. Like I love myself now and I love my body now, but I hate that we just assume that you can go from one to the other. Right. I like the neutrality of it. Like being able to be like, we can be in the same room together and be okay and coexist. Yep. Not hate each other. Yep. You know, that's important. I think that the idea of like toxic positivity in the like mindset realm, which can obviously like encompass all different areas is such a challenge. And it's like, you know, again, what I deal with a lot in my public facing self uh is um again this idea of like you know I kind of dabble in the idea of like manifestation and things like that but it's like I cannot stand I cannot stand when people are like well you just have to think positive you just have to think positive that we are human beings Mm -hmm. with actual emotions yeah you cannot be expected to only ever think positive things and it's like putting that pressure on yourself to say you can't get what you want unless you just think positive thoughts all the damn time, never like anything negative because then it's all going to fall apart. Like, holy shit, that is too much pressure on us as humans. And yes, thank you for bringing up neural pathways because that's exactly what NLP does is it literally, as soon as you're done with a session, like that neural pathway is completely changed and changed permanently. Does that mean that you'll, you'll, struggle with similar things of course because there's other layers to everything Mm -hmm. but you when you've shifted that one part of you you've shifted it forever and um it's it's amazing and then I just like to kind of use my intuition and that kind of stuff to kind of like all wrap it all up together but but yeah it's like the idea of neutrality is hugely important because that's like that's a place that you can live in forever safely and comfortably for a yes exactly yeah yeah i would say it's a better goal for people than just to say you need to be body positive or you need to love yourself yeah you don't you just need to not hate yourself whatever Mm -hmm. that looks like and i will say this from from what i've learned about neural pathways that that is interesting because the nlp is a little different than than I think how some people work through this a neural pathway is like you're working through you're going through a jungle and if you've been walking down the same neural pathway for 20 fucking years and that's the path of self-hatred for example that pathway is free and clear your body goes oh we know this path let's go down it yeah and as soon as you make the new path it's there but sometimes it's overgrown and you have to, first of all, choose that neural pathway. And you have to, like, rip apart the fucking overgrowth and, like, <laughs> reestablish that shit, yes. you know, over and over again. Because the thing about, about the neural pathways is it is a choice, mm-hmm. right? You can choose which way your brain goes. Now, your brain may start down the negative path, 
automatically because that's where you're used to going, but you can pull it back and make it down, go down the positive or the mm-hmm. neutral path. Yes. You can totally change the way that you go, but it's just, I, I love that this specifically the NLP, the being able to humanize and separate and forgive that piece was the same. Like I said, it was the same thing for me. It was like, as soon as I realized that and was able to separate those things out, it was, it was an instant change for me. Yeah. It's an eye opener. It like changes everything. Mm -hmm. It really does. And this isn't even like, we haven't even gotten into the weeds about, (laughs) about, uh, body distortion or (laughs) just fucking level mental health aspect of just how do you get there? Right. Right. Or how do you, how do you get out of it? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Don't get me started on the, on the pathway of NLP because I will talk for like, I'll just cut myself off. Like, I mean, it goes hand in hand, though. It's just like the way we think of ourselves and how to deal with it. And yeah, it's it's really interesting. It's crazy yeah. stuff. Yeah. So maybe this is a good segue into for the weight loss surgery patients, you know, how has has biodistortion or biodysmorphia affected you not just before, but after losing right. a significant amount of weight? For sure. Uh, Steph. Let's hear from you, girl. Yeah, we haven't heard anything from you. I'm just over here quiet. Okay. So, obviously, my heaviest at 278 pounds. And we all know, I obviously had weight loss surgery for other reasons. Um, I was on steroids. I gained a shit ton of weight. I never saw myself big when I was big. I saw in the mirror, again, like Kaylee was saying, what I wanted to see. And I felt like that's what everyone else saw, too. Because I guess I hid behind the weight. And I'm noticing that now by not having that weight anymore. It's not a security blanket anymore. And because I didn't hear those nice things and those nice comments and whatnot back then, I am now experiencing this as a new thing. And I'm trying to, again, you know, get rid of those limiting beliefs and change them to alternative beliefs and gather evidence and accept these new compliments and nice things and really, truly begin to believe that I am good enough, that I am beautiful, that I am worthy, that yes, I may have not been able to use my tool how I was supposed to because I'm healing, but I eventually will. And I am happy and I'm a proud person and patient and I honor my heavy self because I'm still fucking standing after everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yes, the more the more I lose the loose skin, we all fucking have it. We all have the stretch marks because we lost and gained and lost and gained prior to this. You know, we got our little flappy arms and stuff. And it's like and we'll get into this at a different episode because I know especially Bex is getting ready to have plastics in April. Um, 
Okay, I didn't say anything. Blah, 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 blah. Um, like, obviously, in the beginning, I was like, oh, no, I'm just going to get a tummy tuck and a breast lift, and that's fine. But as I started losing more weight, my legs really bother me. They bother me the most. They're wrinkly and empty sacks of things. And yes, I've had moments in my journey where I have experienced body distortion or the feeling of body dysmorphia. I am not medically diagnosed. Who knows? I have not gone to someone and asked. Um, But I also don't think that I'm medically diagnosed because it's not something that stays with me daily. It doesn't take over my mind daily. I've maybe had three instances in my journey so far that I have felt this way about myself looking in the mirror or looking at my loose skin. And I was in a class and it was very early on in my journey, possibly like November, um, right before all of the shit went down with my complications. And I looked in in the mirror and I was wearing a buff bunny workout outfit and I called myself a fat cow what? and in that class she asked if someone had said something negative about themselves and she put in the perspective like we were talking about you would not say that to someone on the side of the road oh. you would not say that to your friend so why are you saying it to yourself let's be real somebody has absolutely said that shit to me on the side of the road I mean same <laughs> same but like i per like we personally yeah you you know (laughs) but we personally would not say that to someone but yet we're sitting here and we're saying it to ourselves and what they said was to instead of when you get in that mindset say something positive about yourself something you like like you have a beautiful smile and put up that stop sign. And that's what, that's what we do, do too. We call it stop, stop, stopping the thoughts. Stop yeah. Stop. Put up that stop sign. Because again, you wouldn't treat someone else like this. So don't treat yourself like this. So why is it okay to treat yourself yeah. like that? Yeah. Why are you the exception? Yeah. So yes, I've had moments. And I've had moments where I felt like I've failed. I've had moments where, oh, I had a moment today. Oh, I have had a very rough past three days. Um, My body has rejected everything that I've put in it until today. And today I ate 1,900 calories. Mm -hmm. And I met my protein goal for the first time in a very long time. I was not nauseous and I did not throw up and I am proud of my body for doing that yeah Mm -hmm. and and I needed it because obviously the past three days were not great and I'm not going to beat myself up for it I'm not going to beat myself up for fueling my body with 150 something carbs I I have completely stopped tracking since June, but I did it today just to see because I was proud of myself. I was proud of my body and I wanted to see if I actually hit that goal. And I did. And so 
even though, yeah, the scale's up five pounds, it doesn't fucking matter. It's it's not up real weight, though. That's, yeah. I mean, that's that's a part of at least the yeah. journey for me, too. Yeah. It has been the, the mind fuck between the scale and reality and realizing that you have to eat 3,500 excess calories in order to gain a single pound. So mm-hmm. if the scale goes up three or four pounds in a week, and I know for a fucking fact I didn't need that many 3,500 calories times four, mm-hmm. right? Mm, it's not real weight, you yeah. know? It's, and that's, it's, yeah. that's a piece of it, too, because mm-hmm. I, I struggle with the scale every single week, and some people say, okay, well, if you're struggling with the scale, don't get on the scale. And the answer is, for me, personally, no, I'm going to get on that scale. And every single time I get on that scale, I'm going to try and take away that scale's fucking power. Yeah. Yeah. Ignoring it and walking away for me doesn't work. It just builds it, builds it and builds it and makes it worse and worse. But if I get on that scale, like I do every week and I check my weight and I look at that scale and also I walk out there on my way to the scale and I go, Rebecca or Bex, whatever the fuck you call me. (laughs) I don't call myself Bex in my head. I call myself Rebecca. Everybody else calls me Bex. Anyways. I, I walk out there and I go, okay, if that scale doesn't read what you want it to say, it doesn't fucking matter. Mm-hmm. And I, then I get on the scale and sometimes I get depressed or upset for a little while. And I absolutely pick apart my body even worse, mm-hmm. you know, than I did previously. And I, I was and have been diagnosed with biodysmorphia disorder. Um, I will say that for me personally, it has morphed and changed over the years. At my heaviest, it was one thing, and now it's something different. Loose skin affects it, you know. Um, it, yeah, it's it's very different now than it was before. When I was, I, I didn't necessarily not see the things, but I, I definitely felt, you know, feel that of like, you, if you don't, you don't selectively see what you want to see. I would not necessarily see myself as as heavy as I was in the mirror but would at the same time be constantly criticizing every single part about myself um tearing myself down picking myself apart physically picking myself apart I have been diagnosed with um a form of bulimia it's the not the binging and purging but the binging and restriction mm-hmm. And I would do that because I hated my body so much and I hated the way I looked and I would actively try to hurt myself with food by either restricting or binging. Um, And then somebody would like take a picture of me and it was like a fucking gut punch. Mm -hmm. And I'd be like, holy shit that's what I really look like. That's what everybody sees because I always called myself and I don't really think this is true anymore, but I would always call myself a thin person trapped in a fat body because I felt like my brain, this is going to sound so fucked up. I felt like my brain was thin Mm. and my brain thought I was thin when I was almost 400 fucking pounds. Like, no. (laughs) And then I, as I lost weight, I experienced so much 
what I don't know what the word is. I didn't recognize myself. I still don't recognize myself. I struggle every single second of every single day struggling to recognize myself and go, who the fuck is that in the mirror? Mm-hmm. But if I look back at photos of myself at 400 pounds, I don't know who the fuck that is either. And mm-hmm. I, I sit here and I go, I don't know who I am. And it's, it's, it's a constant daily mind fuck of who am I? And then there's, like I said, I felt like I had a skinny brain and a fat body, but the truth is my brain's just my brain. It's been that way no matter what my body looks like. Mm-hmm. And so then there's also been an aspect of like learning to accept who I am because for a long time I had this distortion that I was going to be different if I lost weight. I would be a different person. I would, I don't even know what I thought. I would be better somehow or whatever I thought was better. And it's taken a lot of, a lot of fucking therapy (laughs) Um, and a lot of years and a lot of work to, you know, accept exactly who I am and that my weight was never the factor. I disliked who I was and now I like who I am and (laughs) it's taken a lot of time. And we like who you are. Well, thank you. (laughs) Apparently fucking people like me. Sure. <laughs> weird, but you know, hey, why not? When you talked about like getting on the scale, so I'm the opposite. I just don't care. I just don't care anymore because I just want my focus is to like feel better. And yeah. I have the mindset that, oh yeah, it may be up five pounds, but your body fluctuates between three to five pounds every day. It's yeah. water. It's bowel movements. It's, you know, things you eat. Maybe you ate too much salt the other day, you know, and stress and whatnot. There's so many factors. And fucking lovely herpes. Second one in two weeks. Stress. Fucking stressed. Stress. (laughs) And so, and it's like, but I also know that my clothes fit different. I haven't worn this shirt in a year and it's fucking huge on me now. (laughs) You know, like my size 10 pants that I'm wearing right now are loose. Like, so there's other ways to, to, you know, measure it. It's not just what's on the scale in front of you. But yet so many people struggle with that when it doesn't move, you know. I've been measuring my my waist because... uh, the scale doesn't move a lot. Like I'm at a place where I'm like at 158. So it's like, you know, I started at 321. I lost a lot of weight. So now it's like, okay, I'm in this place where I should be kind of maintaining, building muscle. You know, I don't know. I don't really know where I'm at. Like I, I keep feeling like, oh, just lose five more pounds. Oh, just lose it. And I feel like like I have a problem. And I just recently sought out therapy because I literally weigh myself almost every single day. Um, and it's not something that upsets me if it goes up or down, but it is a tool I use to say, well, Nicole, uh, you're, you can't have this today. You can't. And I think that's, um, not a good thing. I think that's actually an eating disorder. I'm not sure, but yeah, you're, you're restricting out therapy. Absolutely. (laughs) But that, but that's, and I'm not saying that to, you know, say anything negative, but absolutely that's not normal. That's not what we should be feeling about ourselves. Right. We shouldn't be obsessed like that or using the scale as, uh, a measurement of what you can and can't eat or what, how hard you have to work out that day or, you know, li- like 
whatever. It just, mm -mm. uh, and I worry because, um, in the past when I've lost weight, uh, I've lost a hundred pounds three times before my weight loss surgery. Um, I didn't know this was a thing, but when I was telling my surgeon, uh, how I lost the weight, he told me that was exercise anorexia. Yep. I don't do that anymore. I make sure that I eat all my calories and uh, don't burn them all off. Like I, I make sure that it's not that, you know? Um, but yeah, I used to count everything, calories, fat, car like it all, all the macros and burn it all off in that one day. It was terrible, and I'm not that anymore. Like, I, I make sure I eat, even when I'm, like, con I'm conscious of it. So I'm like, okay, Nicole, you're stepping on the scale. Uh, it says that maybe you're up a pound. Don't let that limit the way you should eat today. And, like, I'll make sure to, like, add things so that I don't fall back into that pattern. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I did seek out therapy for it. And, it. and part of it is what I see in the mirror still. I see a 321-pound woman in the mirror. I can't yeah. see progress. Um, yeah. Same. I can see it in photos, though. Yeah, I, it's photos. Here. Like, the photos, I can see it. Oh, she's, she's thin now. She's where she should be. Mm -hmm. In the mirror, I can't see it. I'm yeah. still big really I weird. sent Nicole a picture of her face from FaceTime back in February and I said do you see how fucking different you look <laughs> yeah yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. I think having the photo like photo versus a reflection in the mirror it's like that photo again is like there's a layer of separation yeah oh. depersonalizing it yep. yeah that's true that makes a lot of sense actually and I think we also just as after weight loss surgery, we get so used to constant change Yeah. that when it suddenly stops, like I've been in this fucking stall for eight months now, I've lost what, whole whopping five pounds since I've been in this stall, you know, and once you finally hit where you're supposed to be, where you're supposed to be at maintenance, that transition to maintenance where you don't need to expect constant change right is also a complete mind fuck in and of itself which is why i started lifting so that i could see change see a different type of change you can see I, the body you know the body composition change instead of necessarily a scale change and another thing when i step on the scale i'm like nicole give yourself grace you gained two pounds that's okay you're building muscle yeah that's supposed to be so shut the fuck up brain stop <laughs> you know so but At least yeah, you recognize it, you know, you're recognizing it, you're seeking help for it. Yes. You know, like and if anyone else is kind of struggling through the same thing. Like, please inbox me. I'd, I'd love to talk with you. And, uh, you know, it's just so important to seek out the help that you need. Um, yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And you, you can message any of us. And like, if any of you are interested in NLP work or what Kaylee does, like she is the nicest person ever like go reach <laughs> yeah. out to her too uh you know so yes, i think that always open i think that that's like the maybe the difference there between just body distortion where it's the occasional like whoa things are weird and i feel weird in my body versus the obsessive everyday affecting your 
affects your life. That's the disorder piece of biodysmorphic disorder. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm actually, I'm intrigued to see if I have it. Like, and I, I'm going to, I'm making an appointment with my doctor and going to figure this all out. Uh, I'm happy that I have a therapist now and, you know, I'm just trying to be on the right track, a healthy body, healthy mind, you know? Yeah. I think the key there is, is at least you're, like you said, you're recognizing it and you're able to say like, okay, I need to still take care of my body today. Mm-hmm. Yes. Regardless of what the scale says and how I feel and what my brain is telling me to do. You're saying I still need to prioritize taking care of my body, which let's be real. Most of us never did before surgery or at our heaviest whether right. we have or not when we're at our heaviest we're usually not taking care of our bodies at all whether we think we are or not like I certainly thought I was right I thought I was by having an eating disorder and treating myself like shit and all that you know and that's not taking care of yourself and now like because I do the same thing I get on the scale and my brain says you're up two pounds, you can't eat today. And right. that, that's mm-hmm. the eating disorders talking mm-hmm. and telling me that I can't eat. And I, there have, it has been a while actually, thank God it's been almost a year since my last episode, but there was an episode in November right before my gallbladder came out. I was also severely depressed. I'll caveat that because my gallbladder was wreaking havoc on my body. But I reached out to a couple different people within the community and was like, I just got on the scale and this is what, what my brain is telling me. Can you please talk me down? And like one of the sweetest texts came from uh, Jamie and um, she said, you know, you deserve to eat. Mm-hmm. And like her saying that. And then my husband like brought me like a homemade warm tortilla and was like, please this and it's like I'd only gone like three hours without eating which really in the scheme of things isn't a big deal but it was the fact that my brain was telling me to never eat again yeah that that was like that was the concern and I think the difference from like before is I never would have addressed it I would just be like great we're not going to eat today and then I wouldn't eat until I was so hungry I binged yes game that's what (laughs) yeah yeah and, but this time I was able to say, nope, this isn't okay. This isn't correct. Please, somebody help me talk my brain into feeding myself and taking care of myself. And that's, sounds like, like, that's what you're doing. You know, Nicole, that's, you're saying, nope, <laughs> this isn't okay. <laughs> yeah. And like, if, if I'm in a place where I like, I don't feel like eating, I'm like, I'm drinking a fucking protein shake. I'm making sure I'm getting that nutrition, you know? I just have to do it for me. Like I come so far in my journey. I'm not, I can't like relapse is what I'm going to call it. Like I, I have to, I have to continue. So yeah. And that's the boat that I'm in is like, I need to eat. I need to give my body nutrition. It may not reach a goal. That is okay. Because that's where I'm at right now. And it's not in my control. I'm doing my best and I can eat and if my body says no, my body says no, but I'm going to keep trying. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're not giving up. Yeah. You're trying. And you find the way that you can get whatever nutrition or at least, the, you know, hydration in. Yeah. As best you can. And that's still taking care of your body. That's, that's huge. And that's pretty much 
all you've done stuff in this whole thing has basically just been like, fuck it. I just got to take care of my body today. And that's, that's all you can do. Yeah. And I, I made and it. Yeah. You have been like such a big beaming voice of take care of your body. Take it. Cause you've been through it girl. And you're still like, Hey, here I am. I'm standing. I'm still doing the thing. I'm doing the work, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So I'm trying I'm trying to still honor myself in that even though I'm not able to, you know, work out or, you know, do exactly what I, you know, need to be doing, I'm doing my best and Let's that's remove important. that word need. need. Okay. No. I am doing my best. <laughs> <laughs> you're, doing, you're doing the best that you can and yeah. you're you're taking care of your body the best that you're able to and that's mm-hmm. matters. yeah and i made a promise to myself that i will not be or go back to where i was in december and january and february i will not do it you fucking have us this time yeah Support systems. Uh, check out our last episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's important to have your support systems. Yes. Yep. And I've also had the lovely Kaylee in my life. <laughs> <laughs> We're glad that you're there for her. Yes. Absolutely. In real life. Yes. Because we're, we're far away. Yes. Yes. And, yes, and now right. I can just walk from like one room 10 feet to the next and Francesca's right there. <laughs> Yeah, so now you have some, you have live in support too. Live in berry bestie. <laughs> but anyways, does anyone else have any finishing comments they would like to add? Well, I'm sure I have a fucking billion of them. My brain is just deep fried. Yeah, seriously. I although I do think you know we'll we'll talk about this later. But like I do think we need to do an episode two of this. Um, definitely especially especially as for example Nicole and I are staring down the barrel of plastics at some point because that brings on a whole other level of biodysmorphia mm-hmm. biodysmorphia issues with oh. skin yeah. yeah um and also I think uh it would be cool to do another episode specifically around the mental health side of this whole journey yeah. yes I agree and I'd like to add on uh, if you found today's episode helpful or um, it inspired you to maybe go to see a doctor or a therapist, um, you know, and you need some additional support, please reach out to us and we'd love to hear from you. Um, you know, that's the best thing about this community and like even starting a podcast is we're meeting so many new people and hearing from different people and uh we'd love to get to know you so yeah reach out yes. we've been through the shit i've we've been, been through, through all of the shit <laughs> extra shit extra shit weight loss surgery is hard losing weight without surgery is fucking hard it's all hard, hard. It's all hard. and all hard. you it all sucks it also it all sucks, but you you get through it, and you have your support system. And thank you so much, Kaylee, for joining us on this episode, yeah, and you know sharing your story and a little bit about what you do. And um, you should come back for the mental health. Yes, please, please, please come back. I'm there. Yes, I'm already there. Put it on the calendar, whatever the hell it is. I'm there. <laughs> 
Um, and yeah, and again, we still have to talk about my lovely post-op complication episode. And also we have Bex who also is dealing with some blood sugar stuff and whatnot, which is also a complication and getting better. But it's getting better. That's good. Eight months, but healing maybe maybe a complications episode potential i feel like that has to be like four episodes four step one first three months i mean let's be real though we should and we will i think a lot of what we have covered so far in the on this podcast has been pretty high level shit yeah I do think we need to go back to the beginning and talk about what is it like immediately post-op for those people who maybe are just starting this journey what right. is it like within the first six months first year you know what does that look like and what are the possible complications that can come at those times you know, what are the, what's the shit you're going to deal with? Let's talk mm-hmm. about what we dealt with mentally during that time, those time frames. You know, yeah. like, let's, we should definitely break those down for people. Yeah. 100%. I think that's a great I idea. Like, you guys, a four-part series almost, like, every, like, a, every three months of that first year, like, what that experience has been for you would be yeah. really, really beneficial for people. I think so, yeah. Cool. All right. Well, we'll see you next time, R2DP family. Thank you all for supporting us. Thank you for being a patron. If you're a patron, you get to listen to this tonight. I just got your shirt. It says boobies. Yes. (laughs) And yes, I'm I'm wearing a shirt that has two little ghosts with little bee butts and it says boobies. Happy Halloween. season Uh, anyways thank you all again for joining and we'll see you guys next time bye guys bye thank you for joining r2dp road to discovery podcast ending the stigma of weight loss surgery please join us next time for our next podcast If you enjoyed this episode, hit that follow button and that bell to receive notifications when we upload our next and leave us your feedback. We'd love to hear from you. Also, if you're interested in supporting us, you can become a Patreon and we do have that link in our bios on our Instagram and we will also share that with you. It's just patreon.com slash r2dp. There's some special perks in there that you might see. Um, There's different tier levels and each tier has its certain perks. You will get a exclusive sticker if you sign up for the first tier. You will also get to hear the podcast two days before everyone else and the perks go on from there. So again, thank you all for joining us and we'll see you next time. Bye, R2DPers!